Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to uplevel your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 67 of the Money Love Podcast. Happy 2022. (laughs) I know that there have not been new episodes for the past two Tuesdays. So this is the first time that I'm coming to you guys in the new year. I actually decided to take some time off towards the end of last year and the beginning of this year just to really enjoy and to be present in the holiday season. I'm so glad I did. It was really nice. All of my family was in town, my sisters, my brother-in-laws, my in-laws who actually live in Ohio. They drove down to spend Christmas with us, which was really special since we don't get to see them, but only a couple times a year. And the other reason was, honestly, I was feeling pretty run down at the end of last year. 2021 was not an easy year for us over in the Pritchard household. And part of me feels a little silly for saying that because I know that the past two years haven't necessarily been easy for anyone with the pandemic and just so many other things going on. But the truth is, is that last year was a hard year for us. It was probably, I would say, the hardest year that Ryan and I have had in our entire 10-year relationship. I mean, everything's fine in our relationship. I don't mean it was a hard year relationship-wise. I mean, it was a hard year in the fact that we just had so many unexpected curveballs thrown our way that ultimately it just felt like we spent the entire year navigating. We'd get a curveball, we'd deal with it. Then another one would come up and we would deal with it. And ultimately that's just life, right? I believe that life is just a series of problems that you're solving one after the other. But some problems are bigger and more difficult to solve than others. And it just felt like the problems or the curveballs that we got last year, they took a lot out of me. From getting cars stolen to losing jobs, which then led to us having to move and sell a house and then buy a house in the crazy housing market and then deciding that we were going to remodel said house, which is still going on, by the way, to then losing more jobs and getting sick and needing surgeries. And 2021 was just a doozy. So long story short, I just got to the end of last year and I was really tired and worn down. My energy was really low, and I just said, you know what? I'm going to take the next two weeks off. No work, no expectations, no to-do list. I'm just going to be present, and I'm just going to enjoy this time so that I can come into 2022 refreshed and invigorated and ready to go, which is exactly what that two-week break allowed me to do. So I'm just really thrilled to be back with you guys. Thank you for being patient with me as I took some needed time off. One more thing I do want to let you know about before we jump into the content of today's episode is that I know a lot of you have been asking and wondering what is to come in terms of working together and what that's going to look like in the future. I know a lot of you have asked, are you still offering one-on-one coaching this year? Are you releasing any new programs? Like, what is going on? And again, that was my year in 2021. I kept making plans. God kept laughing and saying, yeah, not yet. Not yet, Paige. I had a lot of great plans last year, and unfortunately, not a lot of them came to fruition just because of all the things that kept happening that I had to deal with. 
But I feel like I'm in a really good place now and it finally feels like I have the time, the space, the energy to do all the things that I was really hoping to do last year. So what will be happening is on Thursday of this week, I'm actually going to be releasing a bonus episode where I'm really just going to give you guys a more in-depth dive into 2021, what happened last year but also to let you know what's coming next year. I know a lot of you are curious and you've been asking. I am launching a new program that will be coming out in the near future. It's going to have a community aspect. It's going to have a live coaching aspect. I'll also be sharing with you on Thursday about the monthly giveaway that I will be doing every single month this year that corresponds to the podcast. And it's really just going to be a short and sweet update, probably 15 minutes or so. I just didn't want to do it here in this episode. I wanted to break it off separately so that if you are one of the people who are interested and you want a deeper dive into what's been going on and what's to come, if that's of interest to you, you can just listen to that episode. And then for those of you who don't really care, you don't have to listen to it, right? So that's going to be coming out on Thursday. So it should provide you guys with a lot more information, a lot more clarity, and answer all of your questions just in one place. So that's that. Let's go ahead and dive into today's topic, which I have to say has been pretty earth-shattering work for me, you guys. If you saw the title of this episode, you can see that I am coming into 2022 not setting any goals. (laughs) I know it's crazy. I am even surprising myself saying that because historically I have been such a goal person. I'm very type A. I love to-do lists. I love the planners. I love a good A to Z transformation. And so in the past, I've always come into a new year with these big, huge, audacious goals. And that's what I did in 2021. And the truth is, is that I did not come anywhere close to hitting any, well, I shouldn't say any, but most of the goals that I set for myself last year. And I've been thinking a lot about it, right? Like going into the year and setting all these big goals and then not coming anywhere close to hitting them. I started to think about the goal setting process in general. And I really started to realize that there are some inherent flaws in the goal setting process that I was absolutely getting trapped in. And then because I didn't come anywhere close to hitting those goals, I used that as a reason to beat myself up and feel terrible about myself, which wasn't fun, didn't feel great. So this year in 2022, I figured, why not just try a new approach? That's what I'm doing. And I'm going to be telling you about that approach today. But in order to explain why I'm taking this approach, I want to walk you through some concepts that I've been thinking a lot about in terms of the goal setting process. These inherent flaws that I keep seeing over and over with first and foremost myself, but I do also see them in you guys with my clients and my students. So it is absolutely no surprise that the start of the year is when most goals are set. And I get it. I do it too. It's a new year. It's a fresh start. But we all wake up on January 1st the exact same person that we were on December 31st, right? But we come into this new year, the flip of the calendar year, and we think that we're going to eat healthier and we're going to exercise more and we're going to be more intentional with our relationships and we're going to manage our finances better and become more spiritual, whatever it is. So we come into a new year saying, I'm going to lose 30 pounds this year. 
I'm going to pay off $15,000 worth of credit card debt this year. I want to grow my business revenue to $100,000 this year. Now, I know that a lot of us realize this because it happens to us and we see it happening with other people every single year. But the truth is, is that most of us do not end up achieving these New Year's resolutions and these goals that we set for ourselves. In fact, I read a study that was done in 2016 that showed that only 9% of people who set goals and resolutions throughout the year actually achieve them. 9%, y'all, that's less than one out of 10 people. That's not very good, right? And many years, truthfully, I have found myself in the 91% of people that don't achieve their resolutions. And I've been thinking so much about this. Like, why is that? Why is the number of people that actually achieve their goals actually so low? Now, there's a couple reasons that we're gonna walk through, but the first reason has to do with this concept that is actually called goal sobriety versus goal intoxication. Now, these terms might not mean anything to you, so just hang with me and I'll explain it. But like I said, this is the reality most of us set goals because they sound nice and pretty, right? Like it sounds so nice to be 30 pounds lighter than we are now. It sounds great to have a net worth that's $100,000 higher than it is today. It sounds amazing to find your soulmate and to get engaged or to get married. So we set these goals and we define the end destination of where we want to get to. But a lot of us actually ignore the steps, the process, the day-to-day activity, and the habit formation that is needed to actually achieve these goals. I mean, all goals really do involve showing up and doing some hard, boring, and unglamorous work. That's the truth. But either way, I do think that there's one central misunderstanding that leads to the most burnout and the most abandonment of our goals. And really, it has to do with so many of us being perfectionist and having black and white, all or nothing thinking. Now, we're going to get to this concept in a second, this concept of goal perfectionism. But let's just come back to this goal sobriety versus goal intoxication. What does it mean to be intoxicated with a goal? Well, remember, you guys, this is so important. The driving factor behind the goals that we set for ourselves. What is at the foundation of every goal we set is we really want to achieve an emotional state that we desire. So we set a goal to become richer because at the foundation, we crave safety and security or maybe status. And we incorrectly assume that the money will give that to us. We set a goal to find a life partner because we want to feel loved and desired. And again, we incorrectly assume that our partner provides those feelings of love and desirability to us. We want to see a certain number on the scale because we incorrectly assume that weighing a certain weight will make us feel worthy and beautiful. There is always a desired emotional state that is driving any goal or any resolution that you set for yourself. And sometimes it can be really powerful to look at your goals and to ask yourself the question, Why? Why do I want to achieve this goal? What is the emotion that I think the achievement of this goal is going to create for me? What am I really after here? Because the reality is, it's not actually a bigger bank account, it's security or status. It's not a partner, 
but it's really love and belonging. It's not a skinnier body, but it's really to feel worthy or accepted. More often than not, we believe that the emotional state that you think that this goal is going to create for you is always better than where you are now. And here's the funny part. When we set goals, we don't actually want the actual outcome of the goal in and of itself. It's not the thing that's actually valuable to us. What is valuable to us is how we imagine we will feel if we have created the result and achieved the goal. And this is because so many of us are under the assumption that circumstances cause our feelings. And because we think that circumstances cause our feelings, which they don't, by the way, right? If you've been here a while, you know this. So many people believe that when setting a goal, it's better there. The achievement of the goal than it actually is here. We think I will feel happier, sexier, wealthier, worthier when I achieve this goal compared to how I feel now, not having achieved this goal. Having a new goal is like having a new love affair. And whether the goal is specific or vague, you fantasize about how amazing it's going to feel hitting the goal. And this is what causes us to become intoxicated with the goal itself. Now, when we hear the word intoxicated, many of us think of an intoxicated person, right? But intoxicate can also mean to exhilarate. And that's more what I mean here, but almost like an exhilaration to a false sense of hope and thinking. So when you were in that headspace of goal intoxication, you want the goal to deliver feelings to you. You think that the goal or the achievement of the goal will make you feel good. With money, this looks like when you build up your savings to a certain point when you pay off your student loans, when you get a higher paying job, when you reach 100,000 in investments, when you can buy a house, when you can retire at a certain age. You are so high on the potential of the end point, of the goal, of having it or having done it. And we become so focused on the outcome. And this is why goal intoxication is so dangerous. It's because it lies on the foundational thought pattern and the foundational belief that there is better than here. That, okay, I get it. Life might be 50-50 here, but it's not going to be 50-50 when my life looks different. When I weigh a certain number, when I have a certain amount of money in my bank account, when my relationship status is a certain way, life won't be 50-50 anymore. That's what we believe. And because of that foundational belief, we also believe that we can't enjoy the journey and that the path to the destination has to be painful, it has to be hard, it has to be negative on the way there. Because again, the only way to feel better is to achieve the goal. Remember, when you're in goal intoxication, you think that it's the goal's job to deliver something to you, that it's the goal's responsibility to make you feel better. So often you've heard me teach about the destination will always feel like the journey. We've talked about this. How you feel on the way there will be how you feel when you get there. So you can't hate the process and expect to love the outcome. You cannot hate your debt away and expect it to feel great when it's finally gone and it's finally paid off. You cannot tell yourself that it's so hard and it's so miserable to make money and then expect to make a bunch of money and have it feel great in the end. The destination, wherever you end up, is always going to feel exactly like you felt on the way there because 
That is how you have taught and trained your brain to feel because your thoughts create your feelings. The external circumstances of having arrived at the goal, if you ever get there, is not what creates your feelings. Your brain and your thoughts create your feelings, and you don't get to just trade in your brain for a new one once you achieve a goal. So I want you to think, has this ever happened to you? Have you ever achieved a goal? And once you achieved it, it didn't feel like you thought it would in the achieving of it. I've given this example before. This is exactly what happened to me when we paid off our $100,000 of student loans and credit card debt. I felt awful after we paid it off because I felt awful the entire time we were working to pay it off. And so I encourage you to think about goals that you achieved in the past where you didn't feel like you thought that you would once you achieved the goal. Go back and think about how did I feel on the journey, on the way there, because I can almost guarantee you that the way that you felt on the way there will be similar to how you felt at the destination. So what I want you to think about as you are setting your 2022 goals, and please hear me, this episode is not me saying that you should do what I'm doing and not set any goals. If you want to set goals this year, knock yourself out. I'm just saying I'm trying something new this year. But if you have set goals for 2022, I want you to be really honest with yourself on if you are intoxicated with your goals. Are you believing that your 2022 goals will deliver something to you, that they will make you a different person, that it'll make your life better somehow? It's important to think about, are you more in love with the goal or are you more in love with the process and the daily habits and the consistency that it's going to take to get there? And this is one last important question. Are you okay if you don't do it perfectly? And it doesn't look the way that you think it will on your way there. Like I said, this last question is an important one because it really brings us into the second inherent flaw that I see with the goal setting process. And I am so guilty of this one. And I do want to spend some time here because I see this in myself and with you guys. And that is our tendency to all be goal perfectionist. So let's say, for example, you have a goal that you want to budget consistently in 2022. And A part of that goal is tracking your spending and checking in with your money, let's say three times a week for 10 minutes each time, 30 minutes a week. So you set a very specific goal like that. But then we start to think that the point of the goal is the steps, right? We start to think that the tracking and the money dates or checking in with our money is the point. With our goals, we think that it's doing the thing for the amount of time that often is the point. We think that's the valuable thing here. And so what happens is when we put so much weight on that, when we miss a check-in, we revert to this all-or-nothing thinking and we start to think, it's not worth it. I've already screwed up for the day. I've already missed a check-in. I'll just start over and do it tomorrow perfectly. I also see this a lot with food, right? We do this with food all of the time. Like we blow breakfast. And so then in our minds, the entire day is shot, right? We're like, oh, well, I'll just start over tomorrow. I messed up breakfast. Today's done for. I'll just start over tomorrow. But when we do that, it is because we think that it's the doing of the actual thing in question that matters, right? Like, stick with me here. We think that it's the actual 10 minute check in that matters. We think the content of the action is what matters, the content of that specific action on that day. That's what matters. And then if we aren't going to do it, 
or we're not going to do it perfectly, or we're not going to do it well. We think that there's no point in doing it because we've decided that the action itself, the money check-in, the workout class, the 10 pages of reading, the green smoothie, the whatever is the most important thing, and that's what matters. And so we think, if I'm going to do it badly, I might as well just not do it at all. Or if I'm going to do it halfway, just don't do it. So when we're in that mindset, we want the goal and the action to provide us with a positive feeling. And again, that's goal intoxication. We want to feel excited and motivated and good about ourselves for having done the thing or achieved the goal. And so if we aren't going to feel like we're awesome and perfect because we did the check-in three times a week for 10 minutes when we said that we were going to do it, if we're just going to do it twice a week, or if we are going to do it three times a week, but it's only going to be for five minutes or whatever, we think that there's no point because we're in goal intoxication and also goal perfectionism. We have told ourselves, I only get to feel amazing if I can do this exactly right. Because the truth is, and this is where the most powerful breakthrough lies, you guys, the point of the goal is who you have to become to achieve it. It's not the actual content of the goal. It's not the destination of the goal. That's actually not what matters. The point of the goal is who you have to become to create that result for yourself. But what I want to focus on here is what is common to every goal or every habit change which is that you actually have to create the identity of someone who consistently takes the action required to reach a goal. That is the point of any goal or any habit. It's not actually the content of the action, especially when you're looking at a short time frame. It's actually about how do you become somebody who consistently takes imperfect action to reach a goal? It's creating consistent action. And the problem is, is that when a lot of you hear me say consistent action, what you're hearing me saying is perfect action. That means perfectly consistent. That means doing exactly what I said I was going to do every single time, or there's no point. But that's not what consistent action is over time. Consistent action over time is imperfect action over time. So in order to see this clearly, it's actually really helpful just to zoom out, to stop thinking about your life or about habits in terms of the next couple of weeks, couple of months, or even for the year of 2022. I want you to zoom out farther than that, and I want you to think five years from now, 10 years from now. So let's take the budgeting goal. When you look at it as a 12-month goal to budget consistently, And let's say you fall a week or two behind, you miss a couple of days, you miss a couple of check-ins. Now you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so behind. I have to catch up. This is going to be a lot of work to catch up because I didn't do it perfectly. And then eventually you just end up giving up on the goal. We do this with money. We do this with food. We do this with trying to form new habits. We do this all the time. But it is helpful to think about, okay, over a five-year time period, what really matters? In a five-year span, is what matters a couple of weeks where I didn't do it perfectly or I didn't show up how I said I would? Or is what matters that the fact that over a five-year period, you have created a habit of consistently checking in with your money a couple of times a week, even if you could only do it imperfectly some days? Because some days you are going to do the 10 minutes and some days you might only do 60 seconds. 
But the important thing is that over a long time period, you created a habit of mostly checking in with your money when you said that you would. Even if you tell yourself you're going to do it three times a week for 10 minutes and then you only do it two times a week, or you don't do it for the amount of time that you said that you would, rather than feeling like a failure because you didn't do it perfectly and exactly how you said you would, you're still showing up. And can you see that how what you've done is you've still set a consistent habit to become the person over a five-year period that has a plan for their money and that checks in with it compared to where you are now? A five-year goal perspective looks like, okay, in five years, I'm not even going to remember that I missed this money check-in on this particular day or that I didn't stick to my budget perfectly this month. But my life will look very different if I can become someone in five years who keeps showing up and who keeps checking in with my money, even if I'm not doing it perfectly and I'm doing it some rather than not doing it at all because I'm not doing it perfectly. The cumulative impact is actually what matters most. So when you are fixated on perfect performance or on achieving a specific goal in question as the most important thing that matters, getting to that exact goal, you will give up as soon as it gets hard or as soon as you mess up or miss some of the steps that you think that you're going to need to get there or you're going to fall behind or whatever. The point isn't being a perfect budgeter. The point is being somebody who checks in with their finances a couple times a week and starts to become that person and starts to develop that habit. And as a result of that, completely deepens and transforms the relationship that they have with their money. It's the recognition of how much accumulated benefit there is to showing up imperfectly, even inconsistently, but continuing to show up, y'all. Rather than trying to do it perfectly, then feeling disappointed in yourself because you're not, and then ultimately you end up doing nothing. This is the pattern that I have found myself in so many times. But when we can understand that the point of the goal is actually the relationship that you are building with yourself, it's the relationship that you're building with commitment and consistent, imperfect action. That is what matters. That is when you will not give up and you won't fall off the wagon. Y'all, here's what I've realized. The process of actually achieving goals you care about is mostly boring and repetitive and hard. It's not actually really fun and exciting because that's not what real commitment is about. Goal intoxication is, ooh, this new goal is going to be so fun and exciting and it's going to feel amazing. And the truth is that accomplishing a big goal or creating a new habit is mostly not fun and not exciting, and it's very rarely perfect. And it's actually made up of consistent, and when I say consistent, I really mean imperfect action. It's just not letting yourself go back to zero because you're not doing it perfectly. And it's zooming out to think about this idea of in five years, will it really matter? Will it really matter that I missed a couple of check-ins with my money? Will it really matter that I didn't follow my spending plan perfectly this month? Probably not. It's probably not going to matter. But instead, we can evaluate. If I keep doing this and I keep trying and I keep showing up imperfectly, even when I screw up and even when I don't do it the way I thought it was going to look, what are the cumulative effects of that? 
How do I create a new relationship with this habit and a new relationship with myself? Who do I become when I just keep showing up and keep doing it inconsistently and imperfectly? And I don't ever let that be an excuse to stop doing it altogether. So if you have trouble keeping new habits or achieving certain types of goals that require a lot of consistent, repetitive, boring action, I guarantee you that this perspective will help. Zoom out. Think about what the actual point is of developing the habit or achieving the goal. This is why goal sobriety and habit formation and this concept of goal perfectionism all tie together. Because when you're depending on the goal or the habit for emotional intoxication, that's when you're attached to doing it perfectly. But when you have sort of like sobered up in a sense, right? When you're in goal sobriety and you understand that the goal is not going to make you feel any type of way. And the habit is not going to make you feel any kind of way because your feelings are actually created by your thoughts. It's created by who you think you are, by your self-image, by how you think about yourself. That is when you can see the value of doing the habit imperfectly over not doing it at all. The reason that we want to perfectly stick to our goals, like let's just take this example, we want to perfectly stick to our spending plan is because if we do, then we can give ourselves permission to think that we're a good person who can take good care of our money. And that's the feeling that you're chasing. And when you're doing that, of course, you're going to give up if you're not doing it perfectly. But when you evaluate, what is the value of checking in with my money three times a week over a five-year period, 10-year period, and the benefit that your money will have from that It really becomes a question of how do I become somebody who cares deeply for their money, even though the actions that lead to that might not be perfect and they might be inconsistent, but I'm showing up imperfectly rather than not showing up at all. That is when you can see the value of showing up even just a little bit, showing up after you've missed one check-in, showing up when you're only going to do half of it, showing up when you're not going to do it so well, but you're still going to show up and do it. The point of the habit isn't the content of the habit over time. It's the building of the habit itself. And that is the skill that is transferable to any other habit that you want to build. That's the relationship with yourself that will keep the habit going over the long term. So if you have a habit that you're struggling with, zoom out. Ask yourself, how can I show up even just a little bit this week? even if it's imperfect. And if I can do that consistently over a long period of time, not just for a couple weeks or a couple months or even for the entirety of 2022, but if I can do that over the long term, how will my financial life or any area of my life look different five years from now, 10 years from now? That is what will change your life. I always say a half-managed mind is a million times better than a completely unmanaged mind. Doing a little bit is better than doing nothing at all. And so many of us get caught in this black and white, all or nothing thinking. And I'm so guilty of this. We think if I can't do it perfectly, I'm not going to do it at all. If I can't go all the way, I'm not going to do it at all. One of my absolute least favorite motivational sayings is how you do anything is how you do everything. I think that saying is complete crap. I don't believe that at all. I think that sometimes we show up and sometimes the best that we can do 
actually isn't our best at all, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't show up regardless. So all of this, these concepts that I've been learning about and thinking about and mulling over, it really kind of leads me to why I'm not setting goals for this year. For me personally, I want to see what a year of my life will look like when I'm not intoxicated with a goal, thinking that it's going to be the goal's job and the goal's purpose to deliver something to me or to make me feel a certain way. I want to live a year of my life reminding myself that that's actually my responsibility, not the goal's responsibility. I want to spend a year dropping the perfectionism that I so often carry around when I set a goal because I can now see how living in that goal perfectionism is what actually keeps me from accomplishing the goal in the first place. (laughs) What I've done in the past is I've said, this is the goal I want to achieve, and this is what it's going to take to achieve it. And I break it down by daily actions, and I get stuck in that perfectionist fantasy. When I don't check off all of those items on my to-do list, I can be really, really hard on myself. Then I get into this all or nothing thinking of if I can't do it at the highest level, if I can't do it perfectly, why do it at all? And frankly, that's thinking that's not serving me anymore and I'm dropping it for now and I'm trying something new. So I can either do what I've tried in the past and try to engage in the perfect actions every single day, which frankly hasn't been working for me, or I can just try to be imperfectly consistent. I want to spend a year where I just focus on one thing and one thing only, and that is being imperfectly consistent. I am going to work on consistency, but the pressure is gone. There's no expectation. It's a totally new energy that I'm operating from this year. I'm not out for huge strides. I'm not out shooting for these like giant, crazy goals. I actually don't have an end destination in mind. What I want to do is I just want to focus on being imperfectly consistent day to day, and I just want to see how far that gets me, however far it gets me, in my health, in my relationships, in my business. I don't know what result this will create, but I have a feeling that the result that it's going to create will be greater than the results that I've set for myself in the past And then I missed the mark because I was too concerned with trying to be perfect in the achievement of the goal. I want to see what happens when I'm not relying on the result or the goal to give me permission to be a certain person or to think about myself in a certain way. Because what I've realized is, and this is true for all of us, is that we can simply do that now. One of my favorite concepts from one of my favorite personal development books, The Slide Edge. I actually read it at the start of every year. And if you're looking for a really good personal development book to kick off a year, The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson is a fantastic one. But one of the main concepts that he talks about is just focus getting better one percentage point at a time. So often we try to make these big, giant quantum leaps And we forget how much progress can actually be made if we're just focused on making small strides every day, getting 1% better every day. So he says, think about it this way. If you just spend an entire year trying to get 1% better every day, you will be 365% better on December 31st compared to where you were on January 1st. Now, one percentage point every day doesn't seem like much, but 365% better That's a lot better, you guys. 
I mean, if we could get a 365% return on our money, on our investments, that would be like a grand slam investment. You really can't hope for anything better than that. But that's what I'm going to be focused on this year. I'm just going to show up every day, try to get 1% better every day. And truth be told, wherever that takes me and whatever results that creates for me, I'm going to be okay with. Because again, I've kind of realized it's not really being able to say at the end of a year, oh, I lost 30 pounds this year. Oh, I paid off $15,000 worth of debt this year. Oh, my business brought in X amount of revenue this year. The more I think about it, the more I realize I don't really care about that. I care much less about the results and I care more about the relationship and the trust that I'm building with myself. That's my primary focus this year. And so that is why I'm not setting any goals for 2022. I don't have revenue goals for my business. I don't have a certain amount of weight that I want to lose. I don't have any like specific or certain habits that I'm really trying to form. Really at the core of it, I know what I need to be doing in all of these areas of my life. I know what I need to be doing with my finances, with my health, with my relationships, with my business. I know what I need to be doing. And all I'm going to be focused on this year is just showing up imperfectly, executing those things, and seeing it where it takes me. So like I said, not at all saying that you have to do this this year. Totally understand if you want to go the goal route. I've just gone the goal route the past couple of years, and I'm tired of being disappointed. (laughs) I'm tired of holding myself to this level of perfectionism that I'm not sure ultimately if I can achieve. And so I'm trying this out and we're going to see how it goes. So I so appreciate you being here again. Thank you for giving me the past two weeks off. If you are interested in just getting more updates about me personally, I'll give you guys some personal updates on Thursday, some business updates on Thursday. And I'm also going to be talking more about the giveaway that's on the podcast. I know I've mentioned that a couple of times, but I will be giving all the details in that episode. So if you have interest in that, check back Thursday. That will bring you up to speed. And if not, I will see you next Tuesday. I hope you have a fabulous week. I love you all so much. Bye. Hey, girl. If you enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to join me in Overcoming Overspending. It's my signature program where I take you through my three-phase approach to stop impulse shopping and overspending so that you can finally start making substantial progress with your finances. Through the self-paced online program, student community group, and live weekly coaching with me, you will receive all the encouragement you need to finally achieve lasting change with your money habits that have been sabotaging you for so long. You'll have money back in your pocket. You will leave behind the stress and the worry that you currently experience with money, and your spending will be controlled purposeful and actually feel good and be fun. The best part is it's 100% risk-free. You have a lifetime to implement my proven process. And after doing that, if you don't make your investment back, I will give you a full refund. Your results are guaranteed or the program is on me. Just head over to overcomingoverspending.com to get started. I can't wait to have you as a student within the program.